Thanks for listening to Summit PA Sermon Audio, weekly teaching from the Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. SummitPA.Church, every life made different. My name is Steph McCoy. I am the missions director, and I get to talk to you about missions and outreach today. At its core, outreach and missions can be boiled down to serving. And to be honest, um, sometimes serving can be inconvenient. Sometimes serving can be uncomfortable. Even for me, as your missions director, it doesn't always come naturally. You can ask my family on Thanksgiving Day when we have to do all the dishes after our meal. I am not that pleasant. But God doesn't call us to serve based off of our preferences or our comfort. And I can tell you that we will never stop doing missions and outreach here because number one, if we want to see every life made different, we have to, to make ourselves uncomfortable. We can't sit here in our comfort. And number two, most importantly, God tells us to go in scripture. In Matthew 28, the Great Commission, Jesus gives us his authority to go make disciples of all nations. Thank God that he doesn't send you in my authority, that he doesn't send you in, in your authority, but he sends you in his authority. And so we have the authority and we've been sent to go see every life made different. This is why we're even able to serve. And here at Summit, we provide opportunities for you to serve, right? Some of you did that today. You can serve in the church, uh, all the ways that you'll find out in Growth Track with kids and tech. You can serve locally in our community, in our schools, in other churches, on Reach on September 29th. You can sign up after service. Uh, we can serve globally in our, in our nation and in our world. We greatly value missions and outreach. And I love that part of my job is to create opportunities for, for you to serve and for us to serve. Believe me, I want you to take advantage of those opportunities. Don't make me do all that work for nothing. But I believe that our highest calling above all else is to seek to have the heart of a servant because that's who Jesus was. In Matthew 20, it says, You will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others, because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served but by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. You see, serving is much less about the act and much more about the heart. I can provide um, outreaches for us to hopefully cultivate the heart of a servant in you and in me, but I can't provide enough organized outreaches or missions trips so that all of us every day are living with this intentionality that we are seeking to have the heart of a servant. So as you, as you seek to have the heart of a servant, I believe that God will give you his heart for his people. This isn't just about doing nice things or random acts of kindness, but this is asking God, what is your heart for people? How do you see that person and how can I love them so that that they might see you. See, God's doing something beautiful in every heart. And as we seek his heart, we can see how he sees them. We can see that everybody is, is made in his image, but broken and hurting and searching and in need of a savior. And when we see his heart for people, we can see that he's doing something beautiful in them. The IUP students that walk out in front of you, God's doing something beautiful in them, right? That guy in your office that you can't stand. God's doing something beautiful in his heart. That family member that lives with you, God's doing something beautiful in them, and we can be like Jesus to them. So the Son of God, Scripture said that in that last verse, the Son of God, the ultimate servant, humbled himself as a servant so that in exchange for salvation that would come to many. You see, our God wants to be in relationship with every person, and he trusts us, and he, he gives us the honor to engage with them, to be in relationship with them, and show them his love. And so what if, just like Jesus, by humbling ourselves as servants, 
that would mean salvation for someone else? What if by humbling ourselves just like Christ as the ultimate servant would mean salvation for your family member, for your coworker, whoever it is? See, every time I step out to serve, no matter where it is, whether it's across the world or in our town, God meets me there, and he does something in my heart because I believe he does that when we step out to serve. I've been going on trips, uh, mission trips for six years, and every time God does something in my heart. Just this past July when we took the youth to El Salvador, God shifted something deep in my heart, and he does that when we serve because when we serve, we are becoming more like Christ. In fact, we are never more like Jesus than when we are serving In Luke 4, I want you to pay attention to this same spirit that God gives us. This is Jesus talking about himself, a prophecy long before he was born. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners, you are set free. This is why we do missions and outreach. This is why Jesus served, and this is why we serve. So will you be uncomfortable? Will you be inconvenienced? Will you seek to have the heart of a servant? The more we become like him, the more we reflect him to our world. Good morning, church. My name is Ricky. I'm the youth pastor here. Um, So I get to share with you why do we do youth ministry? Why is it so important, youth ministry? When I think of youth ministry, I think of a passage in in the Bible in, in Matthew 28, 18. It's the Great Commission. Jesus gave his commands. He gave us a command. He gave his disciples a command. And, I, and we also can relate, put that in our practice. He gave us the same command that he gave his disciples. I think of the Great Commission. Is, there's three components in there. It's called the wind, build, and sin. Listen, the reason why we do youth ministry, why is it so important to us, is this. Because every student that walks through those doors on a Wednesday night has the opportunity or will have the opportunity to hear the gospel. They have the opportunity to hear, hear the gospel. They also will have the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. That's why we do youth ministry. That's why it's so important. In Matthew 28, it's coming out of message version. Um, it's the Great Commission. It says this, Jesus undeterred went right ahead and gave his, gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you, go out and train everyone you meet, Far and near, in this way of life, market them by baptism in the threefold, also known as the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I commanded you. I will be with you as you do this day after day, after day, right up into the end of age. So the wind, the, the first component in that, in this passage is the wind. See, one of the winds that I love about youth ministry is that they can reach their friends. We, we, we're training them to reach their schools, their locker rooms. That's why it's so important. That's why youth ministry is so important to me, to this church. That's why we do things like the back-to-school bash and summer kickoff. It's not like these aren't, these aren't trickeries just to get them here at the church. No, that's, that, that's us winning them over to Christ because we're going to introduce them to the gospel because they're inviting their friends. Listen, you might might say, why do you do this? Listen, the world is lost and is looking for truth. The world is lost and they're looking for truth. And the second one is this, and it's build. I love when Jesus said this. He said, go out and train everyone you meet far and near. Far and near. 
Listen, we have students that come on, that come on Wednesday night. They, go, they attend different churches. They're, they're in different towns. He says, go out and, tra- and, 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 and um, train far and, and far and near. On Wednesday nights, we're reformatting our services. It's, we're going to be do this, doing this thing called 30-30-30. It's not ESPN, y'all. It's not that documentary. No, we're going to do um, 30 minutes of preaching, 30 minutes of worshiping, and 30, and 30 minutes of um, small groups, meaning that this will be a consistent base that they will have. They will build relationships with their friends and get to know their leaders. Every Wednesday, we're going to walk through the entire Bible, you ready, in one year as a youth ministry. That's why we do youth ministry. That's why it's so important. Other, other um, aspects of that build is we do things like winter retreat. We go away for two nights and three days where students can get alone, with, get alone and get away from the noise, get away from school for a few days. We have summer camp. We go away for an entire week. And students get to build a relationship, not just with the students that they're, um, that they're students that they're going to camp with, but other students that they're worshiping with. There are 500 students when we go away to camp, and they're worshiping together on, guess what, on one accord. And they're building relationships. So that's the build. And then last one is this. This is the sin. I love this one. It says this. Jesus said, then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you, and I will be with you as you do this day after day after day, right up until the end of age. Listen. God uses our investments to make an internal impact. So when we invest in students, we're making an impact. So when, they're, so when we're winning them and we're building them and then we're sending them out because as soon, as soon as they graduate, we're sending them out into the real world, that's the Great Commission. That's why we do what we do. That's why youth ministry is so, is so important to us, to make every life made different. Thank you. Well, hi, guys. Last night, I uh, forgot to introduce myself. Hello. I'm Christina Butterworth. I'm the children's pastor. The timer didn't start. All right, let's do this. Ready? Um, I'm just going to dive right in. We, I'm talking about what in the world, why do we do children's ministry? So we're going to look at Luke 18. One day, some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, They scolded the parents for bothering him. Scolded the parents. Like that's strong language, right? Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God is like who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. So I love this because When I read it, I picture these parents, right, in like a little mob of kids all around them, and they've got some in their arms, and they see Jesus, and they're headed that way, and the disciples, their little antennas are up, and they're like, and they see them, and they intercept, right? Whoa, 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 what are you doing? He doesn't have time for this. He's got people waiting who want to hear what he has to say. You can't bring these kids over here. Get out of here. No offense, disciples. They're good people. But so they're literally getting rid of these parents and kids. And, and Jesus sees it happen, and he goes, hey, hey, guys, where are you going? Come here. And then he looks at his disciples, and he says, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, because my kingdom belongs to them. 
If somebody doesn't receive my kingdom like a little kid would, they can't come in. You guys, I, I love our God. I love that he calls children to him. I love that he's not too busy and he's not too smart for kids. But he actually calls them to come close to him. So, several years ago, um, I remember this one awful Sunday. Uh, it was awful. It was chaos mode. I had done my best, and the kids were crazy. And we were just to the end of service, but it wasn't over yet. We all dread those moments. And literally, I'm ready to just scrap everything that I had prepared and be like, can we please play Simon Says until the parents come? Right? And in a moment, as I'm standing in front of chaos mode, God reminded me of earlier that week as I'd been preparing and I had prayed and I had said, God, what do you want to speak to the kids this week? What's, what's on your heart for us? I'll do it. Whatever you say, I'm in all of it. Well, that last part of our lesson was an opportunity for the kids to respond to salvation. And so I was like, okay. Only out of duty, only out of commitment at that point. So here's what it means to ask Jesus into your heart. Does anybody want to do that? Scan. And one little boy right in the middle raised his hand. And I was so shocked, I went, really, Ben? <laughs> Everyone in the room turned and looked at him like, awful moment, people. Everyone turns and looks at me, gets super embarrassed, and he ducks his head. And he lifted his head back up, and he looked me straight in the eyes, and he nodded his head. And that moment, God broke me, because the truth is, he's calling kids to him. He doesn't need me to get in the way. He needs me to get out of the way and let them come. Because it wasn't my preparation. It wasn't anything I did. It was the fact that he was speaking to a child. You guys, this is the God we serve. It's not babysitting that we do over there. It is not watered-down scripture, age-appropriate, yes, or it's going to get awkward. But we do not water down this truth because this is the only thing that is going to save them. There's this quote that I absolutely love. Um, it's by a guy named Frederick Douglass, and he actually started Sunday school, what we know as Sunday school today. looked a little different then, but whatever. He said, it's better to build strong children than repair broken men. It's better for us to build strong children than to repair broken men. And the only way we do that is by leading them to Jesus. I'm Pastor Dick. I'm the associate pastor here. Um, and uh, it is a great privilege. So, uh, Pastor Mel asked me to talk about why do we do congregation? What is so important about this aspect of, of our church? Uh, have you ever heard anybody say, um, well, I don't need to go to church because when I'm out in the woods, that's where I can really worship God. Or, uh, you know, out on my boat fishing. And the thing is, I don't question whether somebody can do that. Uh, the problem I have is, will they really do that? Um, 
you know, I know what I'm doing when I'm out in the woods, not fishing. Um, Uh, we are, there we go. And, and uh, so, why is it so important for us to do congregation? In Luke chapter 24, verse 15, and it came about as they were conversing and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. Now, this is a, a story about the two disciples that were traveling to Emmaus after Jesus had uh, risen from the dead. And what happens here with them is, as they gathered together, these two gentlemen, they were discussing and conversing with each other about what they had just seen and what they had just learned about Jesus. You know, the thing about this setting is that we have the opportunity to talk about and to study together about the things of God. And, and, and it provokes us to go further and deeper into our faith. And so that's one of the aspects of congregation that is so important to us. It also brings a level of correction. Because when we hear the truth from fellow believers, God institutes correction in our hearts. It's not that, that I'm standing here to say, oh, you're wrong and you're wrong and get it right. You know, it's God who does the work on the inside of us. So discussing and learning from each other is very important. The second thing about this congregation is it builds uh, or it wins battles. In Joshua chapter 18 and verse 1, it says, Then the whole congregation of the sons of Israel assembled themselves at Shiloh. They set up the tent of meeting there, and the land was subdued before them. Notice it does not say that it was subdued by them. It says that it was subdued for them. That suggests to me that the struggle for the land was settled for them by God, not by them. Then they stood, they, they, they got together, they built each other up, and they stood stalwart in their faith. Our city looks around in amazement sometimes at what God's doing here in the Summit Church. And the thing to me is, I assure you that it isn't because we're so smart or that we have all the answers or all of the procedures to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in this city. It happens because a congregation stands together to accomplish the will and the purpose of God. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For, they either of them, for if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. The, the thing about congregation is there's a great benefit to this. And the benefit is that it, it empowers us to win. And it equips us to win in this life and in this city and this community. 
Congre- the, there's, I want us to remember a little quip, that, uh, that, uh, and that is this. The congregation that walks together wins together. So it's important for us to worship together, to be together, because God wants to cause us to win together. Thank you. I'm impressed that the mic went out and he still finished early. Good job, Pastor Dick. Well, good morning. Um, I'm Kim Massengale. I'm the pastor of small groups and Summit Women. I'm Mel's wife, and um, I'm so excited to speak to you today about why we believe in small groups. Um, And the reason why is because we really believe in healthy relationships. We want to provide opportunities for you to be connected with one another and um, come together because I do believe that God never designed us to be alone. He designed us to be in community with others. And when we do that, that is the place that we fully get to experience everything that God has intended for us. We believe that life change happens in the context of relationships. You're not going to always remember a sermon that was preached on the weekend, but you're going to remember the conversations that you had in your small group or the time that you were able to say, hey, Pastor Mel shared this scripture this weekend, and I didn't really understand what that means. Can you, can we talk about that? Can you explain that a little bit more? Um, Pastor Dick already shared one of the scriptures that I was going to share, but scripture is very clear that we are not to do life alone, that we are better together. And if you are alone and you fall or you slip up, there's no one there to um, help you. We want every single one of you that call Summit Church your home to be connected in relationships and in small groups. And our church is growing like crazy, which is amazing, and I'm so thankful. But as we go larger, we need to grow smaller. And we, what I mean by that is we need you to be plugged into a community of small groups. They are the vehicle be- which ministry takes place. And um, we base our small groups on the model of the early church we see in Acts. And we see in Acts 2, 42 through 47, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together... And had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So we see here that they met in the temple. They met in the church as a congregation, but then they broke it down and, and met in homes, and they saw thousands upon thousands come to know Jesus Christ. Um, Small groups are a place for you to connect. We're not made to do life alone. I already said that, but they are a place for you to share life with one another and grow in faith together. Um, Small groups are a place to protect you. How many of you can agree that we live in a crazy world? 
and we live in a very confusing world where there is so many different ideas of faith and the way to heaven. And um, small groups are a place to protect you, to, to ground you in the word of God, to ground you in truth. We need a safe place. It's through life together that our problems become smaller. And God uses others to come alongside of us and bring support and encouragement to our lives. Small groups become a place where people don't just know your name, but they actually know what's going on in your life. They actually know um, what is happening with your family, and they want to support you in your spiritual journey. I think of a perfect example of small groups, and I I didn't ask permission to point her out, but, you know, Marie over here was hit by a car while riding her bike. She's a living miracle, but she has been plugged into a small group for a long time, and that small group family came alongside her and Chris and, um, and provided that support that they need, but that is what happens when you're in small groups. Small groups are a place to grow. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We believe every single person is created with a God-given destiny, and you are created with the potential to make a difference in your world. And a small group is the place where you're going to grow in your faith. You're going to grow with others to become more and more like Jesus and reach the potential that God has put inside of you. Small groups kick off next week. There's sign-ups for the ones that are still open in the lobby. If you are interested in becoming a small group leader, I would love to talk to you more about it. But get plugged in. Get in relationship with other people. So now I get to turn my timer off. And I get to talk to you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I get to talk to you about my favorite thing ever, and that's really why we do everything that we do. You know, we believe that heaven and hell are both real. We believe that everything that we do um, matters in eternity. And, you know, our staff talks a lot about the fact that... Um, if we don't believe the gospel is true, if we don't believe scripture is true, then what are we doing? You know, we're not here to entertain you. We're not here to do all of these programs just to give you something to do, right? Because how many of you, like, need one more thing added to your plate? I mean, I know I don't. But we do what we do because we believe that you matter. We believe that your soul matters to God. We do everything that we do ultimately to see people come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And our, our vision statement is every life made different. Well, the fact is, as Mel talked about this, this last weekend, but I can't make your life different. This church cannot make your life di different. But we will point you to the one that can. And that's Jesus Christ. Nothing Nothing changes unless we are in relationship with him. He laid down his own life so that you could come into relationship with our Heavenly Father. You know, I'm really hard on myself. Like, I don't need someone to point out my faults to me. I don't need someone to point out the sin in my life. I am very aware of my shortcomings. I am very aware of the ways that I've messed up. 
And in my own strength, I would try to make things right or I would strive for God to love me. You know, well, if I do this, this, and this, then God would love me even more. And when I think about throughout my life, some of the things that I've done, they are debts that I couldn't possibly make right. They are debts that I couldn't possibly make go away or pray away except asking Jesus Christ to come into my heart. See, the thing is, is that if you would imagine the very worst, the most heinous sin that someone could commit, Jesus died for that. Jesus died to take it from a person that could never repay, that could never make it go away. He died for that. Jesus died for the worst person that you can imagine on the planet. He died for that person. He knows their name. He knows every hair on their heads. He died for them. He paid the price for every single human that walks this planet and has ever walked this planet. He paid the price for every single sin. And no matter what you do, no matter how good of a person you are, you can't earn your way to heaven. The only way that you can come into relationship with him is by inviting him in. Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift, it's a gift of God, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I am so thankful that I can come before him and he knows every part of me. He knows every time I've messed up and I've fallen short and he still loves me. I don't believe that it's by accident that you're here today or that you're watching online. I don't. And the reason why is he created you. He knows your name. He knows the exact seat you're sitting in. He knows where you're sitting at watching this online. And he wants to invite you into relationship with him today. He wants to take your burdens. He wants to make right your wrongs. And most of all, he wants to transform your life and he doesn't do it in a controlling way. He does it to show his extreme love for you. And he does it to bring you into a place where you're truly living out everything that he destined for your life before you were even born. And so today I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you are here today and you say, Kim, I need Jesus. I need to come into relationship with him. Would you just raise your hand? Yes, I see you in the middle. You can put your hands down. Yes, I see you over here on the right. You can put your hands down. Yes, I see you in the balcony. Jesus. If everyone will pray this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for paying the price. For my sin, I invite you into my life today. 
transform me. I want relationship with you. Forgive me of all my sins. Today I choose you. I want to live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you all just celebrate with those who gave their lives to Jesus today? You know, I told our church body last night, but and Mel mentioned it last weekend, but it, people giving their lives to Jesus can sometimes, especially if you've been in church your whole life, it can feel mundane, which it should never feel mundane. And scripture tells us that when just one person gives their lives to Jesus, that all of heaven rejoices. So if you would just like picture with me like trillions and I mean, I, I don't even know how many people are in heaven, but they stopped for just a moment when you gave your life to Jesus Christ today and they celebrated. And that is incredible. So if you gave your life to Jesus Christ today, I wanna encourage you to fill out the card that's in the seat back in front of you. You can put it in the offering boxes as you leave today, or you can text the word, word salvation to 555-888. We wanna come alongside of you. We want to help you in your journey. Pastor Dick has a small group called Starting Point that will be starting next Wednesday night. And if you um, are a new believer, I would encourage you to get plugged into that small group. You can sign up for it out in the lobby. But I love you all. Mel loves you. He is at home resting. He's actually redoing our wood floors and painting. I told him I owe him, but I turned 40 last week and or a couple weeks ago and I said, this is my 40th birthday present. So, um, but we love you guys and um, we are honored to be on this journey with you. And Miss Danielle is going to lead us in one more song. And so I want to encourage you to stand right now. Um, the prayer team is going to be on either side of the stage. And if you have any need, I want to encourage you to, to go to them for prayer today. And let's worship together. I love you guys.